to the Taking the Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for your time. I say it every time. I mean it every time. Thank you for that unbelievably valuable time. Uh, there are, uh, it's it's amazing how much podcast is out there, and and you decide to take your time and uh, and give it to us. It's um, you know it's it's uh, unbelievably appreciated. Thank you very much for coming around uh, this week. We have a, uh, a fun show, fun interview. Um, we're looking at, at the, uh, at EuroLeague basketball and, and, and actually a, uh, really a fantastic, uh, docu-series, uh, about the 2020-21, uh, EuroLeague playoffs and Final Four, um, and, uh, it's actually on Amazon Prime, it's called Back to Basketball, um, and, uh, we are talking to Alex Ferrer Christensen, the, uh, senior director of marketing and communications at EuroLeague basketball. Uh, take a look at that as well as some other things going on in, in EuroLeague basketball. Um, what fans can expect, uh, uh, at the, at the EuroLeague final four and watching the EuroLeague final four, uh, from sort of a digital anal- uh, innovation sort of standpoint, um, obviously can't give away everything cause you know, want to have some, some goodness there, but, uh, and just the, just the, the digital development, um, uh, progression, uh, innovation of the, of your league basketball in general, uh, talk about that. You know, it's something that, you know, we're becoming more digital and digital, you know, you're listening to this, uh, on a digital advice. This is recorded, you know, digitally, everything else. Um, and our, our space is becoming more and more digital and, and, uh, you know, and this is, you know, the leagues and, and everybody else is trying to, find their space in it and, and, and excel in it, push it, to new, new, new places, uh, and, and get new crowds and whatever. So, uh, really, uh, it really, uh, really informative, uh, chat with, uh, with, um, with Alex, a guy that I've met, uh, a number of times, um, and, uh, always, always enjoy, uh, being around him and, uh, and, uh, so that's coming up a little bit later before that, uh, I want to start with the the big three, um, the the story we're watching. You know, it's the it's that time of the year. You know, with the NCAA tournament just finished. Uh, congratulations to to Kansas uh, and and Bill Self there. Um, and and you know, we're Adidas Next Generation tournaments are you know uh, usually by this time of the year we're we're done with them and we're just looking forward now to the to the to the to the uh, to the AGT finals, but we actually still, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, then have the, um, have the AGT, uh, Lupriana. So the last of the four, um, but this, and then, so, but another part of the, of the, of the, uh, youth, uh, 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 basketball scene is the, the Nike hoop summit. And that is this weekend, uh, sorry, this Friday. Um, and, uh, it's uh, going on as always in Portland, uh, 7 p.m. local time, which uh, is 4 a.m. Uh, CET. So, uh, get up early uh, in the morning, get your coffee, and, and watch. You know, really some some fantastic players. Um, you know, obviously, you know more of of my crowd is a um, uh, is an international basketball uh, international basketball audience, and uh, you know there's some really good names out there. You know, the big ones. You know, John Matero, uh, Tyrese Proctor, uh, Montero, the Dominican, uh, with the overtime. Uh, Tyrese Proctor, Australian. Uh, London Johnson, uh, who we had on the show. Obviously, uh, Jamaican uh, had the unbelievable performance at under 17 
uh, Central Basket uh, at the end of last year. City Sissoko, a French uh, player, and in uh, playing with uh, Vasconia's uh, second team, and that's just uh, just uh, you know the the big names. Uh, but so much uh, it, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, talent on that team and and uh, and it's a good world represent representation. Uh, I know most of the guys are are in the in the United States, uh, but it, that's just a logistic uh, logistical thing. You know, it's uh, you know it's just for you know basically f- uh, four or five days, and to fly guys in from all around the world, uh, especially now with COVID and everything else. Um, you know, it's it's just makes it a lot easier. Uh, to have them all already in the states, um, and uh, to do it that way, um, you know, I'm sure people would love to see some of these other guys, and and some of these other guys, you know, they also can't come because they're, you know, they're playing important roles uh, in their in their professional clubs. You know, yes, you think like a Nikola Jovic or Jurisic, uh, both, you know, playing big roles with Mega. Um, you know, it's it's you know, of course, there's some great players out there who could come on, uh, be on this team, but. Um, it's good also to see these other guys uh, and have, have them uh, have them have the chance to, to shine. Also have the chance to, to work with a guy like Roy, uh, Roy Rana um, to be seen by the scouts a lot closer and uh, to, to go through that scrutiny uh, just a lot. Uh, young prospect, uh, young player that we're watching. I mean, uh, it's I, I tweeted it out a couple of days ago. Um, Victor Remagnana, you know, had twenty five. Uh, what do you have? So twenty-five, including three and three or four on threes, uh, seven rebounds, three blocks, uh, before falling out in twenty-six minutes against La Portel. You know he had uh, he had fourteen, five, uh, two assists, and five blocks against Chagiris in the in the in the in the Euroleague a couple weeks ago. Uh, also had fourteen, eight, uh, fourteen, eight rebounds, five blocks against Dijon. You know these are just um, these are the games that we all that we, we all you know figured he would have eventually. You know he was dealing with injuries early on, uh, which didn't help his adjustment period. You know just because he wasn't able to to get on the court very much, and and now you're just seeing it all. And 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 I tweeted out a couple of days ago. It's like enjoy Europe, enjoy it, enjoy it while you have it. You know, enjoy because once he's gone, you're it's gonna be a different. Uh, it's gonna be different. Uh, you know everything around it. You know, think Doncic when he was here still. You know when he, when we were watching him do his thing with Real Madrid that season, uh, those last couple of seasons. You know, and 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 you just have to enjoy these superstars while we still have them here in Europe. You know, before they could make the jump um, to the NBA, and and uh, you know, and and so just. Just, you know, if you have a chance, you know, if you're in France or, you know, if Asvel come and, and you and, and to to your town um, or nearby, go check it out. Because, you know, this is a guy that, you know, in two years is going to be in the NBA and, you know, and, you know, all, you know, you know, it looks like he has everything to be an NBA superstar. Of course, there's always that, you know, the injuries or, you know, whatever happens. OK, maybe he doesn't make it, but. You know everything is there that you think okay it's gonna be so go find go 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 find a spot see you know if like if you live you know if you live uh, you know in if you live in Spain you know there's a lot of Spanish teams that that uh, that Asbo are gonna be playing um, or if you live in northern Spain and you're not close to a team and one of the French teams are there or if you live in in like Belgium. Uh, 
you know, Belgium, Netherlands, whatever, down and 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 you know, there's a game in in northern France or you know, in 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 western Germany, um, to catch a, a team, you know, catch a game on the other side of the border in France. Uh, go check them out because you know it's gonna be a once in a lifetime experience uh, while while you're still able to see it. Um, and, uh, so that's a guy, young guy. I mean, anytime he has a big game, I think we're going to have to, you know, uh, put it on here. Um, event that we'll be watching. Um, it's an event I'll actually be going to, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to a game this weekend. Um, and, uh, it'll be my first, uh, it'll be my first real game since the, a decent next generation tournament uh belgrade back in Febu february 2020 so just uh before everything really hit here you know you know i was already wearing the mask um i was already wearing mask at the airport um and um yeah so i'm going to um to see iban kicks uh, against uh fc bayern munich it's a U u19 the nbbl uh quarterfinal playoffs um game one of their series um actually a couple of nice players benjamin schroeder obviously he's heading to uh to oklahoma they also have emilis Putkas. Uh, uh kind of want to see what uh, kisma silla uh, 2004 2004 born uh with um with with gambia what he what he can do um you uh, looking at the at the team for um uh at uh, looking at bayern you know they have uh, sebastian hartman they have uh, louis wolf um, they have amar uh, Licini, uh, Licina, um, so, uh, and, and, uh, you know, Schroeder last, you know, his last game against Bayern, he had 31 in that, uh, it was overtime 99-98 win, uh, Wolf didn't play in that game, so, uh, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be fun one, you know, this is, uh, game one, uh, it's gonna be at Ibom's place, they have the Moratsky Halle, it's a, it's a pretty, uh, pretty fun little place to play and, and take in a game, so I'll be checking in that game out, so event that I'll, that we'll be watching is an event actually I'll be going to, and so it's kind of, uh, kind of look forward to it, uh, it should be fun, uh, so, um, so, th so that's what we're watching. Uh, let's move to the uh, sneak peek of our Taking the Charge Prospects podcast. Uh, this week we had Alexandros Nikolaitis, 2002-born point guard Greek, uh, playing this year with Lavrio uh, on loan from Olympiakos. Olympiakos, he signed a long-term deal with Olympiakos in 2019 and still has a lot of time with Olympiakos. Question right now is really kind of like what he's going to be next year. If he's going to, you know, if he's made the development uh, if he's made his development uh, strong enough that he can uh, grab a spot with Olympiacos next year, um, and uh, you know, obviously playing, uh, being with Olympiacos, uh, you know, had a chance to actually play with uh, play with uh, his his idol, uh, uh, Vasilis Spanoulis, and so you know, we've, we've seen a lot of Spanoulis uh, over the last couple of weeks with the Adidas Next Generation tournament. So, kind of wanted to uh, put that in here. Uh, his thoughts about um, about uh, meeting meeting his idol and and uh, uh, over there at uh, at uh, Olympiacos. So here's my sneak peek with uh, interview with Alexandros Nikolaitis. Enjoy it. We'll catch you on the other side. When you before you went to uh, before you went while you were still in Athens, though, is that when you were starting to find role models as far as basketball players goes? I mean, who were some of your early yeah, role models? From the, yeah, from the first moment that I touched the basketball. My idol and uh, my role model uh, was, and she's still, Vasil Spanoulis. Uh -huh, okay. 
good good one to have yeah. was there was yeah. there was there something that when it was a dream for me when uh, we become teammates and for two years in Olympiacos was a dream uh, that came true for me yeah i i i want to ask you about that but so uh, but was there something about him you know growing up what what do you remember that would made him so special do you have a special memory Spanulis. you know yeah spanolis everything uh, about spanolis his uh, his mentality his skills uh, the way that he played the game that uh, he wanted to win on everything that's why i loved spanolis and he's still my idol and he will be forever yeah um so the small things that make him uh, great you know you mentioned it uh you know me this is a guy that you looked up to um spanulis uh had you had met him before you went to olympiacos before uh, no no my father uh, knows spanulis because uh, they were uh, they were teammates in uh, marusi when Spanulis was uh, 19 years old. Okay, all right. I didn't meet him before, but my dad uh, knew Spanulis uh-huh. before me. And so tell me about the first meeting with him. Uh, it was, uh, as I said before, a dream that came true for me. I was a goosebump when I shake his hand. You were what, sir? You were what? Unbelievable for me. Goosebumps, I guess. Goosebumps, goosebumps. Okay, good. Yeah. When I take his hand, and that was and that was in the gym in Piraeus at uh, or or the practice facility or where was that? Yeah, yeah, in the practice facility, in uh-huh. the locker room. Sorry, in the locker room. Okay, and and what did you say? <laughs> Hello, and he said to me that uh, I know your name, ah, okay. Alexandros. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh huh. That must have been fun to hear that. No. Yeah. 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 Very fun. Uh, that that first season. Let's let's start with that first season. Maybe how how much did you uh, how much did you practice with the with the first team and and how much experience did you actually have alongside him? Yeah, in the first year, uh, I practiced only in the training camp in Metsovo mm-hmm. in the beginning of the season. Uh, then Coach Blad, uh, as you know, he left the team, and uh, Coach Barjokas uh, came. When Coach Barjokas uh, came to the, came to the team, he said to the team manager, I don't know who, that uh, Alexan is going to practice with us uh, every day. So when Coach Barjokas came, uh, I practiced with the first team every day. And with the second team, I just played the games. Mm, okay. So what was that like for you? I mean, first of all, you met the you met your, your, your role model and now you're going against him uh, every day in practice. Yeah, yeah. It, it was very tough to guard <laughs> every day Spanulis. It was very tough. But it was a very nice experience uh, for me. What are some of the things that you learned right away? Uh, many, many things. on uh, About basketball, about how you have to do some things to be a better player. Uh, about my mentality, about how I have to be outside of the court. Uh, what else? Uh, what are some What are some of the things that you remember that he learned? Like uh, you know, certain things in the game from Spanulis. From Spanulis. Yeah. From uh, the winning mentality, uh, and uh, that uh, every day that you get in the court, you have to prove that uh, you belong here, and uh, you deserve to be here. That's what I remember from him. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
nice nice story um and and uh so this is he I'll, I'll actually put the link in there this is the interview that i did for the article for the basketball champions league uh back at the end of uh, uh at the end of last year um and uh so I'll, I'll link that to there as well um and um so yeah that is part of the taking the charge um paid subscription with that uh, with the paid subscription, you get the uh, you get access to all of the Taking the Charge Prospects podcast, um, where each week we have the in-depth interview. Uh, you also get the full archives of the Taking uh, Talking Talent podcast, where the scouts come on and talk about uh, in depth about uh, the, these players from around the world. Uh, that you get the full archives of um, the the the. Um, they're available for about two weeks, and then we put them behind the, the paywall. So, uh, if you think the price is a little steep, come to me. Let me know what you think, and uh, and we can figure something out. Yeah. So uh, let's move to the interview of the of the week. You know, like I said, we have um, Alex Ferrer Christensen, um, the senior director of marketing and communications at Your League Basketball. Uh, if you have Amazon Prime, go check out Back to Basketball. Um, you um, you won't be disappointed. Uh, and uh, uh, is it you know the sort of narrator and you know main main figure in the whole thing? Uh, besides the basketball, is uh, Darko Peric, uh, which if you uh, watch uh, Money Money Heist uh, from Am- uh, from uh, from Netflix, is Helsinki the the big uh, Serbian. Uh, with the big beard and uh and uh, so kind of talk a little bit he talks about uh bringing him in him on board and and like i mentioned also just some of the uh, other things that are going on uh with the uh, year league final four uh, in in belgrade so enjoy the interview um you know like i said at the very beginning and i say it all the time thank you very much for your time uh it is unbelievably uh, appreciated uh, enjoy the interview, and uh, we will talk to you next week. All right, uh, and on the Taking the Charge uh, show this week, uh, Alex Ferkus Johnson uh, with Euroleague Basketball, uh, the Senior Director Marketing and Communications at Euroleague Basketball. Uh, a man we just decided, uh, we figured out earlier, I haven't seen actually in a few years, uh, just because of a pandemic going around the world. Alex, it's nice to uh, at least see your face on the computer. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. Yeah. Nice to see your face as well. And uh, and happy to to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I, I want to talk to you about a couple of different things. Uh, and, and one of the first things is uh, actually, uh, you know, really an entertaining uh, production that that you guys at Your League Basketball have come up with. And it's called Back to Basketball. And it's a doc, two-part uh, docuseries. Um, which uh, takes us uh, back to the 2020-21 season. Um, and, you know, knowing everything, how and how the 2019-20 season ended uh, prematurely and everything that, um, that uh, went into the figuring out how the 2020-21 season was going to look like and then actually getting to a Final Four, having the Final Four with no fans, everything, all that involved. Um, how did it feel to actually go back and, and watch the docuseries? So, like I said, you know, uh, two parts, 52 minutes, you know, after all of the turmoil and uncertainty you guys had going into that season, what was it like, you know, going back and actually reliving sort of some of that? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, this uh, this last uh, couple of years um, have been have been really challenging. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's been it's been lots of um, let's say not that pleasant moments uh, over this uh, this time. Um, watching that now, you know, I I, I really feel that um, you know the, the first feeling is 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 well, you know, how many things we've been going gone through and 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 such a it, it, it looks like a, a, you know a long period of time, but it, it's it isn't that that long, right? Um, it's it's a couple of years, but how many things have happened over this uh, time, you know? And, and it's the same as we were discussing before with 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 yourself, right? Uh, last time we we saw each other was in Vitoria before all this madness started, and it, and it seems like it's it's ten years ago than that, that we met in Vitoria, right? So so when you see all of that, you 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 really get a probably an understanding of 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 the entire thing uh, you've you've gone through and um and and somehow you know we for me personally i think it's uh it's rewarding in 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 a way right to to you know we, we we're still here we we managed everything the best we could um we we probably we didn't manage it, it perfectly i don't think uh, nobody um did manage anything perfectly over this time but um but at least we're here, we're in good shape and we are ready to go. And, um, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's good to, to be back. It's good to be, you know, the, the, the title of the documentary says, says it all, right? Back to basketball, back to our kind of normal life, uh, back to the things we, we, we liked and leaving all of that as, as, as something in the, in the past, uh, hopefully. Um, obviously, you know, we, with, the, with the nature of the events that are happening in, in, in recent times, uh, you never know what to expect, but hopefully... Uh, the 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 worst times uh, in terms of sports and in terms of the Euroleague are part of the of the past now, and we can start looking uh, looking forward. So the the series sort of covers the four quarterfinal playoff series, and the, and then the the final four. Maybe maybe kind of how the how the idea kind of you know came up to to do the film. Um, you know what was what was the you know. You know, when 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 the idea came up, you know, what what, you know, what, what were some of the, the 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 background to how it actually was made? Well, you know, there wasn't any moment when we said, you know, okay, let's do this documentary. It, it just came uh, progressively and naturally, I would say. Um, uh, as as you probably know, um, we've been producing documentaries for for a few years now. Um, so we have a team uh, here, uh, which is part of the Euroleague that mainly does does that for the entire year. So they 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 produce long form uh, content for us. Um, when all this started, when the pandemic came, you know, and 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 we started, um, uh, you know, seeing what we were going through. We we at that time, I remember talking with the director of of AV. And saying, okay, we, we should probably start just just covering all, all this footage, you know, um, because we, we didn't know what we would do with that, but we said just in case it might be worth something in the future, right? So we started, you know, recording basically everything, uh, getting all the content pieces we were producing um, uh, over that summer with players, with coaches that were on uh, on uh, lockdown, recording meetings, uh, recording everything just just in case. Um, uh, then. In parallel to that, um, we we also um, kind of started a, a, a relationship um, with uh, with Darko. Uh, we 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 came uh, to know him uh, 
So there's know, Dark, Dark, Darko Peric. Darko Peric, Helsinki in Money Heist. Um, yeah. So uh, we, we got to know him uh, a year a year before that or something like that. Um, and uh, we learned that as a, as a, as a Serbian, you know, uh, he's a, a huge basketball fan. So uh, even before the, the pandemic started, we, we, we were talking to him and saying, you know, we, we need to do something together. We, we don't know what, but we need to do something together. Then the pandemic came, we started to do some content series uh, to provide fans with, uh, with some um, content, interviews with players. He, he interviewed Gigi, he had a conversation with Joko Bradovic and some other stuff, stuff we did together. And, and, and then we said, you know, let's, let's, let's start thinking about doing something bigger. Um, and, um, and, you know, with, with, with Darko, everything was so easy because he loves basketball. He loves the EuroLeague. So, so um, he said, yes, whatever, whatever you want, basically, was, was his, uh, his reply to that. And then we, you know, as, as kind of a, a third thing, we were also starting a relationship with Amazon. With Amazon. So we launched uh, the online store with them and we, we were, you know, talking about we, what we could do together. And we presented this this idea, you know, this this whole package of putting together all of that footage that we had, you know, expanding uh, that and 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 kind of mixing that with with uh, with the final four, which was was kind of the end of the road, right? Uh, since since the season was cancelled until the season was completed the year after, and getting Darko as a narrator, as a you know uh, host, and and telling that story um, with with his own personal view. And uh, and Amazon liked the idea very much, so we 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 started working on it. Um, we we basically presented a, a teaser to them. They 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 liked it, and they said, "Let's let's go ahead." You know, we we want we want it exclusively for us, and uh, and the deal was done. So the rest was uh, was the magic that our AV team does in in you know in producing all of that content and putting it together, ready to be to be aired. So Amazon was was pretty much on board right away. Then as soon you know, basically with their go ahead was the green light to start actually producing it, taking all of it and putting it together and and to. Film yeah, they, they and, were. Yeah, they, they were. Uh, they were um, starting to do uh, uh, some things around sports. So they 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 already engaged with other properties um, and getting sports content in their platform. And uh, and the Euroleague was of interest uh, to them. I think the probably the the Darko factor also uh, played an important role to to for them to say you know yes let's go you know obviously mm-hmm. uh, Darko's uh, success everybody uh, likes uh, Darko everybody you know when 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 you when you go on the street with him everybody knows him so that we needed that probably that phase to to make the final click and 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 close the deal with with Amazon so. Um, so- Someone, someone I know watched it um, and and didn't really know, you know, they know about basketball a little bit. Didn't really know much about the Final Four, and um, and funny, funny enough, they didn't they didn't know who, who Darko was. Um, never seen uh, House House of House of uh, no Money Heist, Money Heist, um, and uh, and so and and then we kind of mentioned that you know um, it, it jumped around a little bit, um, but that Darko was a, was a very strong and very likable character. Um, it just was wondering maybe. Um, you know, the hardcore basketball fans, you're going to get them. Even if you put, you know, two guys bouncing a ball, you're going to get the hardcore basketball fans. I was just wondering about maybe your target audience when you go into this, uh, when you went into this, this, this project where you, you know, also kind of knowing, okay, you might even, might even be able to make it. I don't know if you knew like when it was going to come out, but, you know, uh, but just maybe kind of target audience. If, if, if you guys had, you know, you were kind of thinking, you know, along the lines of, you know, you know, because if you think like, uh, 
you know, Formula One, you know, came out with Drive Drive to Survive, and you know, it's had a big impact on 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 the uh, on the popularity of of Formula One, especially in the United States. Um, was that kind of something that you know, looking for for new, let's call it new markets or different people at all? Was that something in there as well? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, until until uh, now, um, all of the uh, documentaries that we had produced mainly went to our traditional platforms. Let's call it that way, right? So, so our host broadcasters and uh, and our um, you know online uh, digital platforms like uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Watch, wherever it is. Um, Obviously, you know, we, we, we had been having conversations with uh, with Amazon and other platforms to to try get our content out there because we knew it, it, it was it was very important to 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 get more people to know our uh, product through our through uh, through the stories we, we, we could we could tell uh, right. Um, you know, we I think the EuroLeague is an exciting competition, um, not only because of, of of the level of basketball that is played, but it, because of everything that is. That is uh, around it, um, and uh, and you know we 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 are always looking to um, uh, reach new audiences, new people to experience that, and to and to kind of you know uh, get a taste of what it is, um, and uh, and potentially um, get them to love basketball at some point. So, obviously, you know, getting uh, this this piece of content uh, out to Amazon um, is is very important in that sense to reach new audiences. Um, and we hope it's it's not the last. We 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 hope we can uh, uh, you know establish a long a long lasting relationship with them and uh, and get uh, much more uh, content distributed to the platform. So there might be other productions then with uh, um, you know not not to maybe give anything away because that if you company secret then you might have to kill me right. <laughs> I can say um, hopefully um, yeah. yeah probably that is a question for Amazon but obviously we would be very keen on on, on delivering more and more product uh, to to them. And and was was um, was the timing at all uh, a thought? You know, because I mean, we're we're right at the end of the regular season, the playoffs, which is where we picked up the start of back to basketball. Was the the quarterfinal playoffs? Now we're gonna have those playoffs. We just you know figured out the final eight teams. You know, we don't know who's gonna be playing who, but was the timing kind of put in there as well a little bit? We want to you know put it out now so that people, if they come, say you know, oh, let's look at what what's going on in your league. Ah, you know, right now we're sam- we're right at that same stage. Yeah, a little bit. Yes, uh, I, I I won't I won't lie. Obviously, part of the of the of the reason why uh, of this timing is is because the production of of, of all this uh, you know takes a, a long time. And uh, but but yeah, always the the initial idea was was getting it aired towards the end of the season just to build that that excitement you know uh, uh, related to the playoffs and the final four because that's what we are talking about in the end, right? We're talking about the the climax uh, of of the entire story is the is the final four and how you uh, how you close. Uh, a season, you know, in that incredible atmosphere and with, you know, the FS uh, story uh, of, of actually not only that season, but the season before, right? It was a two-year journey that basically ends at the final four. So it's a perfect timing, yes. But uh, it's, it's, not only, it's not only our idea, but also an actual consequence of, all, of the entire process of production. Yeah, uh, definitely worth it. Uh, 
and uh, to to watch. I had thoroughly enjoyed it. But I mean, I'm like I said, I'm a basketball fan, so really, you you can just get two guys playing basketball, and I'll probably just watch it anyhow. Um, I I want to actually want to talk about a couple of things as well since I have you. Um, so you're senior director of marketing and, and communications at Euroleague. Um, obviously, you know, you guys had a huge decision. Um, uh, that was coming up more and more. And then initially, you know, finally you had to, you had to decide uh, just because everything that goes in law goes, uh, uh, goes along uh, and, and is involved in a, in a, in a year league final four. Um, and there was the decision to move the, move the, uh, the final four from Berlin to, to Belgrade. Um, I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision. Um, and, you know, just maybe just talk a little bit about how that, you know, how that decision was made, you know, what were some of the things, what were the, the main considerations and, and why that, why that, uh, why that move was, was taken? So, um, you know, uh, obviously it wasn't an easy decision. We, we were lucky that, uh, that the conversations with the, with the host, which was the, the Mercedes uh, Benz Arena in, in Berlin were easy, but, but obviously the decision wasn't easy. Um, but um you know, in the end, we, we, we come from two final fours, um, one that wasn't played, was cancelled, another one that was, uh, uh, you know, some people call it a decaf final four, because obviously we were missing the, the, the fans that make it so special, we didn't have that, you know, it was still a great event, great games, etc., but we were missing that, that fan factor, and, um, and we started this, this season um, hoping uh, and uh, and believing that uh, that restrictions would not be in place anymore, uh, this you know in in May. Um, then suddenly you know the the you know the pandemic starts uh, hitting again. Um, lots of restrictions in place, um, and we we were having you know we, we had again a lot of uncertainty whether a normal final four uh, was going to be possible at all. So we we didn't know how many fans would be in the arena. Um, by the time we took the decision, I think it was 25% or 20%, I can't remember, but we didn't know how many would be uh, able to come to, to the final four in May. We, we had a lot of uncertainty uh, as well around vac- vaccines and uh, the vaccines that were going to be um, kind of accepted uh, in Germany um, by that time. And I think that's still the case. You know, there, there were some vaccines that, that were not accepted like the Russian vaccine, like the Chinese vaccine. So that might affect again, players, journalists, fans um, that wanted to come and, and would not uh, be able to make it. So because of all those uncertainties, we, we, we talked to the arena and we said, okay, you know, we, we all want to put the best event we can out there. And, uh, and we knew that that wasn't, uh, that, that uh, wasn't going to be the, the case, right? You know, planning things like, like, like the fan zone, like, uh, you know, many other things, many other events that, that are held around the city, uh, that takes months of preparation. So uh, we, we already knew that that, that was not going to be possible. So um, we both shared, as I said, the conversations were easy because the, the arena as well wanted to have a, a great event. They didn't want to present, uh, uh, you know, uh, a kind of decaf um, event. Um, again, so we agreed with them to to postpone that to move to a different city. In this case, uh, we 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 chose uh, Belgrade, um, and then you know have the the final four bring the final four back to to uh, Berlin um, in the future. So we we obviously have an option to return uh, in two years time um, in 2024, and uh, and you know and by then hopefully the situation will be better and we will be able to to you know to to present a, a huge event there again, you know, in, in such a great arena. 
uh, that is the the Mercedes-Benz arena. Definitely, hope, hopefully. Um, uh, uh, I actually wrote, uh, um, people who know me also know that I, I, I work for, I do freelance work with you guys. And, and I actually wrote about the Innovation Summit that, that uh, you guys had uh, last year. Um, and, um, and, you know, some, some really fantastic, uh, uh initiatives, uh, projects, uh, proposals out there, um, on this podcast, we had Francesca May, uh, May uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago, uh, a couple of months ago, talk about the, um, the pregame show at the year league final four, which actually won, won a, a series of awards. Um, maybe just, uh, what kind of innovations, can can fans watching uh, the uh, watching the final four maybe both from home and then also maybe in in Belgrade uh, kind of expect? Well, there's yeah, there, there's some things I can tell, some others I can't. But um, uh, you know, we we're gonna uh, do again something that we we tested last year, which is a virtual reality broadcast of the Final Four. That is something I would recommend to every fan to to experience. Um, last year, uh, you know, I was had... It, was it did, aug- virtual augmented reality? Is that what it, the, the actual... Virtual reality. Virtual it's, reality? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's cameras that basically take you to, 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 the, to the arena itself, okay. and, and you're experiencing the game as, as if you were seated... Uh, courtside or even as, as if you were uh, seated on top of the of the of the basket that's 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 really really uh-huh. that's really amazing um last year as i said we tested that already it was it was uh, very very cool we are um improving the experience this season um that is actually with a company that that uh, participated in one of those uh, uh you know fan xp innovation challenges uh, i think it was two or three years ago which is called ybvr um, and we will integrate that offering with the Euroleague TV, the OTT uh, product, the, the, the traditional, let's say, offering. So fans will be able to choose whether they watch it the traditional way um, through their you know, traditional uh, screens um, or they choose uh, to you know, uh, get an immersive view or, and, 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 and kind of uh, bring themselves to the arena. Um, and uh, that, that's going to be a, a cool one I would recommend. Um, then we are um, also, uh, you know, experiencing with uh, with our um, uh, instant replay provider, Hokai. We are also uh, launching a, a an innovation um, project for Turkish Airlines. Turkish Airlines is going to be um, sponsoring uh, the, the VR um, uh, broadcast, but also uh, something we 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 call the flight time, uh, which is basically measuring how how many so how long the players are flying during every single game okay. and, uh, and building kind of com- a competition around that so uh, whatever players is, is is spending more time uh, you know jumping and, and, and in the air it's going to win that that competition and that's uh, that's again you know it much perfectly with Turkish Airlines obviously flying players um, so we are we're doing that with Hokka and that that is uh, that is uh, something we are we are preparing for as well then then there's there's a number of other things. Uh, obviously, I can't talk much uh, now, but uh, things around the NFT and crypto space that we will uh, we will launch very soon. Um, things about uh, first uh, view uh, cameras that we are testing uh, might or might not be ready for Final Four. Things around metaverse. You know, there's a number of things we're trying to put together to to you know to again bring those fans abroad. You know, the the, the similar experience to to those that are 
that are you know experiencing it uh, live in the arena right and uh, that's that's basically the what we're trying to do through all of that through all the content we are producing um, and distributing through a number of different platforms so that's that's basically the objective to bring um, the, the the fans that are at home that excitement that you can you can live um, in the arena itself. Yeah, NFT is something that um, uh, at the same time fascinates me and um, scares me, and uh, but but also but I I don't think I'm scared anymore. I'm just I'm trying to figure out what my um, I know it's probably a bad word for it, but what my space is in it, you know, and how to, yeah. <laughs> how, you know, it's anyhow. So, um, so players and coaches, you know, they're always trying to push their game, you know, on the court and, and even off of it, you know, health, nutrition, etc. Um, what, what is your league trying to push, you know, to add to its program, you know, to kind of, you know, uh, to, to push that fan experience, you know, what it will be like in the future. I guess, you know, some of the things we kind of talked about now, but, you know, just, you know, maybe, you know, digital fan engagement strategy, you know, maybe beyond the final four, you know, um, you know, what, what, what is yearly kind of trying to push the envelope with? Yeah. Well, so basically, obviously the ultimate objective of, of the EuroLeague is to grow the, the number of, of fans it has, right? Um, so there, there's a number of uh, strategies we, we have in place to, to achieve that, um, both, both in terms of uh, territory, obviously expanding, you know, our, our reach and our awareness and our interest in, in markets where traditionally we, we haven't been that, um, that, uh, that big, let's say. Or you know, like uh, like Central Europe mainly, Germany, France. Everybody knows that's that we are pushing hard to to grow the the game and the Euroleague there. Um, but also trying to connect better with with existing fans and trying to reach uh, a younger uh, generation of, of fans. Right. I think uh, every sport is, is is more or less trying to to find the best way or the most efficient uh, way to connect with with those young generations, which which do not behave. The same way as 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 us, right? Um, and I'm sorry, David, but I, I put you in the same group as, as myself. We're not we're not young generations anymore. Nope, I'm so, definitely not. I'm I'm more experienced. <laughs> I'm more experienced. Yes. <laughs> so everybody's trying that, and, and we are no exception. So uh, obviously, digital plays a major role in in here. And um, and for the last uh, couple of years, we we have started a, a, a digital transformation. Uh, roadmap um, uh, first with with uh, with uh, uh, the former partners that were Next Sports, that is a company specialized in, in in digital transformation in sports. Now with Seven League, which is uh, one of the uh, if not the biggest uh, sports uh, digital marketing agency in the in the world, and. Um, and it's a, it's an ambitious uh, project and, and a very long term one. Uh, and and uh, for the time being, we have concentrating on on putting the right, uh, you know, we call it architecture uh, in place. So everything that people don't see um, and, uh, and focusing on, on data and, and getting um, all of that uh, data architecture in place to then support for the rest to, to come on top. Uh, we have uh, concentrated also on platforms that are ultimately feeding all those data platforms, all, those, all that data architecture. Um, so we, we, um, revamp the website we are going to revamp the the app uh very very soon revamp our fantasy product um and it's not only about the way it looks but also you know all, all what is the engine that is behind and how we 
we capture that data and that uh, behavior offense, how we structure that in a, in, a, in, in a way that allows us to then serve them uh, better with, uh, with, uh, with content and also commercially to our, to our commercial partners. Um, you know, there's, the, there's many other platforms that we are, we are adapting and, and connecting and integrated with all that system, you know, like OTT, like the video, video on demand platform, uh, the, fans, the, the merchandise store. So all of that, is connected into one single environment that then allows us uh, to to um, to activate on that data that is generated, and then obviously on top of that, we have created all of our you know a business uh, intelligence um, structure here as well. That that basically uh, their duty is to analyze that data and to extract value from that. Um, to then uh, obviously again you know serve. Uh, more effectively and better our fans and also our commercial partners. So that, that is what we have been um, uh, doing uh, so far. Um, obviously, uh, most of that is something people don't, don't see because it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, be behind the scenes. But, um, but that is, the, is, is, is kind of the fundamental part of everything else uh, and, and of our plans for the future. So now, now we are um, starting to transition from a, from a leaked digital transformation to a club's digital, digital transformation. And there are objectives to, to, to find, you know, how we can create a, a digital ecosystem of both league and clubs, you know, instead of uh, the league doing their own digital stuff and the clubs doing their own digital stuff to, to get everything together and to uh, find the, the, the synergies and the opportunities there um, of, a, of a, let's say, a collective digital property. So that, that is the, the end of the road. And we're just at, at, at the start of that uh, of that um, you know second um, second chapter of, of our strategy. Yeah, because you got to get all the clubs at the same level. Yeah, that's uh, also part of that's also part of that. Yeah. I know Shagiris, that's, that's Shagiris, a, Shagiris, is a pretty big uh, digital presence presence already. Yeah, that's that's a part of, of part of it's behind the pay the... part of it's behind the paywall and stuff. But but they've already they've done quite a bit of stuff. I think Bayern yeah, has yeah. done done a little bit too, but. You know, it's a question Definitely. about it's it's a question about bringing everybody up to that same level. I guess it's 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 the whole TV production that you know was initially you wanted to make sure that it's kind of like UEFA Champions League where you said you know you you're watching a UEFA Champions League it's a, a game you know uh, to match it's a champ it's a UEFA Champions League match and 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 now you're kind of get to the to the to the point where you're yeah you're watching a Euroleague basketball game the production level is there. And now it's, you know, like you said, going from a league now to a club level, but getting all those. Yeah. And player players should follow after that as well, um, or probably in, in parallel. But um, that, that's, you know, what you said is, is, is probably the, the, the beautiful part of this, you know, how you put all that together with, with, with very different standards from one club to another and, and, and also different standards from, from, you know, one thing to another. So one club may be very good in, in data management or whatever it is, but not that's as good in, in, in social media or whatever, you know. Um, so bringing all of that, you know, elevating all of that um, uh, and, uh, and getting all of that together, you know, it's, it's, it's the beauty of this and also what makes it very, very challenging and very complex. But, um, but you know, it's uh, it probably for any organization that wants to be successful in the future, that, that is something that will need to happen eventually. Um, mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, as you said, uh, when we talk about broadcast, you know, that, that is, that experience is, is, is kind of unified, is, is kind of consistent across the board because all, all of the, those rights are collective and have been uh, put together. 
Uh, it's the same with sponsorship, you know, all of these traditional revenue sources that, that was in place when we created the league and when most of the leagues were created, but then digital came after. So, um, you know, nobody really um, thought about, you know, getting that together at the very, very beginning. Um, but, but the clubs were doing their own thing individually. The league was doing its own thing individually. individually. And, uh, and, you know, I think those who, who managed to get this right and to, you know, bring all those rights together um, and, and building a strong collective property are those that are going to succeed in the, in the future. If, if those who don't manage to get that right are going to have challenging times um, uh, in the future. I know you have plenty of things to do, and I, and I, and I don't want to keep you too much longer. I just want to have one more thing I want to ask you about. Uh, and, and we've talked a lot about the fans, and, and um, I assume it's Fans Lab, Fan Gross uh, Capital Z um, Lab. Uh, on that on that side, it's, it, it quotes, uh, or it says, a meeting point of fast-forward minds who are passionate about basketball, a pioneering community that embodies the pan-European culture, history, tradition, and diversity. Fan, fans Lab is the opportunity to be part of the game. Um, so what is fan, Fans Lab? And uh, how do you think it can help the, the game and, and its relationship with fans? So basically, I think this... Uh... This is connected to what we discussed before. You know, if if if, if one of the main objectives is is how to connect with uh, with uh, that young gener generation, uh, those young people, it cannot be old people uh, thinking about how to do that, right? It cannot it cannot be you. It cannot be me. Uh, again, sorry more for experience, the, for more experience, but um, more yeah, experience. more experienced people. <laughs> but it, but you you gotta you gotta give this young people a voice right um so obviously we've been uh doing our our research for many years but 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 that basically you know it, it gives you some insights but uh, not as deep as as as, uh, as you would wish uh when it comes to to those uh, younger demographics and also another another thing is that um you know the the taste and the behavior of of young people and of people in general uh, is different from one country to another, from one city to another, right? So we 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 are in 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 this market where where it's it's a mix of markets, a mix of cultures, it's a mix of um, of languages, a mix of everything, and uh, and people don't behave the same way. So we we wanted to have a better understanding of of you know of what those young fans um uh, think and and how what they expect from sports properties uh, like us right uh, to to you know to to get them engaged with the with the sport or with the or with the property with the EuroLeague in this case so we have selected a number of of people i think it's uh, 120 130 people across 10 different cities in in um, in, in all of our markets and there we are we are establishing it's not a traditional you know research uh, study, uh, but it's more of a direct connection. We are starting st uh, establishing conversations with them. We are establishing uh, workshops with them on specific topics, and uh, and really, you know, with the objective of of um, uh, getting them to to speak and to tell us what they like, what they don't like, what they would like, and 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 trying to get all those insights to adapt our our marketing strategies for the for the future. So. Um, that has been running, I, I believe, since February. Um, it will end uh, by the end of this season. Um, probably this is something we will continue doing in the future. 
but uh but it's the first time we, we're gonna do this and and hopefully we're gonna we're gonna get some uh, highly valuable insights from from these people that will help us take the take will help us the experienced people take uh, decisions. very good very good <laughs> Um, all right. Last question is uh, we are about six weeks, I think, six weeks away from the final four. Um, uh, I, I, don't want, I, I don't want I don't I don't want I don't want your favorites or I don't want your you know, which teams do you want to be at the final four? Um, maybe just some of the things that you're looking forward to. I imagine number one will probably be what you're going to say is fans in the, in the stands at the final four. Uh, but what are some of the things that you're really looking forward to? Uh, come uh, May nineteenth, when we uh, when we get the uh, two semifinals to tip off uh, in in Belgrade. Yeah, the you know about the teams themselves, I don't care much because you know the, the, whoever gets there, it's going to be an, an incredible show, and and you know every year is the same story. So so that's that's uh, that's their duty um, to care about who qualifies for the the final four it's not it's not mine and and regardless of who it is you know it's eight teams that that can put together a, a great show on the court so that, that is the out of the question what i'm most looking forward to is um is obviously you, you said it you know it's the fans obviously and everything going around the the final four and, and the and the host uh, arena uh, itself right uh, the fan zone you know the the parallel events, the uh, press conferences, the award ceremony, the all of the commercial partners that are, you know, the, the the networking that is created. That is a very special atmosphere that you can that you can live at the final four and that we greatly missed, you know, over this these last two years. It was a little sad, um, you know, when, when we were there behind the scenes, you know, seeing the final four on TV, it looked great, but there it there, there was a kind of a a bitter feeling as well, right? Because um, you, you you missed all that noise that is not only coming about from the fans, but uh, but also from everything, um, you know, around the 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 arena when you walk on the streets, when you go to city center, you know, you, you can get that feeling of of that the final four is being held in that city, and that was not the case for for you know for the last two years. For the first one, obviously, because it was cancelled, and for the mm -hmm. second, still, it was a little empty. Um, so yeah, that 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 um. That noise is what uh, what I'm uh, mostly looking forward to to experience. Fantastic, uh, Alex Ferrer, Christiansen, uh, Senior Director of Marketing and Communications at Your League Basketball. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for uh, all of the, the wonderful insight. Uh, hopefully, everybody goes uh, and and checks out back to basketball. Uh, really, wonderful production by your guys' team there. Um, and hopefully you, you, you know, get more fans to, uh, to really also, also be involved, uh, engaged in European basketball because it's wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you for